a series uh, right now about the Holy Spirit, and <clears throat> I felt like the Lord was leading us into uh, this place of, of learning about how to be led by the Holy Spirit, how to be led. That means directed, guided by the Holy Spirit. And in starting that, I was going to jump right into the subject of how to be led by the Holy Spirit, which is a great subject. But the Lord kind of said, okay, we need to start from some building blocks about the Holy Spirit. And uh, you, we got to know and understand that the Holy Spirit is an active part of the Godhead, that he is not a third-class citizen in the Trinity, right? The Holy Spirit is God in the earth for us today, to help us, to empower us, to encourage us, to lead us, to guide us, and to convict the world of sin, to draw men unto Jesus. And so the first week, we talked about the Holy Spirit and that he is a person, right? It's, it's uh, inappropriate to call the Holy Spirit an it. Now, in the King James Version, the old King James, they translated it itself, the Holy Spirit itself. And so because of that translation, people have gotten confused that the Holy Spirit was not a person of the Godhead. But when they figured out some more things about translations, now it says, and it should, rightly so, it says himself, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So we need to understand that he is a person and that we can uh, communicate and rely on and have relationship with the Holy Spirit. So we talked about that at the beginning, that we led into that, that we can trust him and rely on him and that he is a powerful part of the Trinity of God in our lives. And then we started uh, to flow in to see where the Holy Spirit entered the earth, how that happened, what it looked like, and how it affected and impacted not only Jesus' ministry when, when he descended on Jesus when he was baptized, <clears throat> excuse me, but that Jesus said, don't do anything. Everything I told you to do, don't do any of that until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you and endues you with power. Remember that? Jesus didn't do anything in his ministry until the Holy Spirit came. And he said, you guys don't do anything in your ministry until the Holy Spirit comes. And he said, I've got to go to the Father and send him. I've got to send him. So it's good. It's a good news. We have it better. We have it better having the Holy Spirit in the earth inside of us than the disciples did with Jesus right in front of them. Do you guys understand that? I mean, with Jesus right in front of them, it was a great thing. I've heard Christians say, oh, I wish I, wish I could just be with Jesus and be right in front of him and, and hear his words. And while that would be magnificent, we have it better. Because if you're gonna stand in front of Jesus, you're gonna have to wait in line behind me. And I got lots of stuff to ask him, right? And you'd be like, come on, preacher. I thought you knew this stuff, let's go. You gotta wait, because he can only do one at a time. Well, the Holy Spirit can answer your questions at the same time, in any given moment, all over the planet. True? So we have it better. The saints of old that are looking down as the great cloud of witnesses on us are saying, man, you guys, you guys have it so good. Go after it. Run your race. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. You will see great and mighty things in your life. Amen. We have it better. So we saw his entrance into the earth. And last week, we hit square in the nose and I mean as square as I can hit in the nose about the Holy Spirit coming into the earth, filling the disciples, the whole upper room, the 120, full of the Spirit of God, and they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, if that phrase freaks you out, then the Bible is gonna freak you out. Because speaking in tongues is in the Bible, and it's, and it's full in the New Testament. It's full. So <clears throat> I wholeheartedly believe in that. I'm not gonna go into that subject again because like I said, I hit it. I hit it pretty square on last week. So go back and listen to it. It's on the podcast. You can pull it up. I think it's gonna get downloaded today. 
because we had some space constraints in the podcast, but it's getting downloaded today. So if you want to go back and listen to that, that's going to help you get kind of caught up to where we're at. I laid it, I laid it all out. I put the scripture out there. Um, I believe it's a, a significant portion of a Christian's life as if uh, it, it should be so normal for Christians as, as us leaving the house with shoes on, as us, as us, as us planning on having lunch. It should just be so normal that it's just not, it's just second nature. You guys okay? So um, I, believe, I believe that uh, the, the power of the Holy Spirit wants to flow into our lives and there's ways that he does that. And as Christians, we're all guilty of this, putting him in a box and just saying, okay, I want you to work in me, but it needs to look like this because I'm comfortable with that and, and it doesn't freak me out a little bit. But I'm telling you, anytime, if you notice as an adult, anytime you've grown as an adult, it required stretching. Like you had to do something uncomfortable. You, it was a new job. It was a new relationship. Uh, it was a new church, right? And you were like, okay, this is a little outside of what I'm, I'm comfortable with, but God wants to stretch us. And if we never, if we never step out and, and outside of our, our box, then we're limiting what God wants to do in our lives. And this will be your entire Christian life. If we teach this to our kids, right? Who are uncomfortable with riding on two wheels. I like the training wheels, dad. Can we put them back on, dad? I like two, I like four wheels, not two. Heard this from Dagny a whole bunch of times. Can we put them back on? Nope. What about the pedal? I took the pedals off too. Can we put the pedals on? No, you need to learn balance on two. Well, she rides all over the place now, but if I'd have left training wheels on, she would have stayed on training wheels, right? And so God wants us to, to take the training wheels off, so to speak, in different areas of our lives where we can grow and stretch. So I want you guys, if you're, if this is at all pulling on you, really curious, go back and listen to the last couple of lessons uh, that we taught on, on Sunday morning in the podcast on our website. You can find them. It'll bring it to you. And that'll get you up to speed. But today, I want to step into uh, the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. So if you'll turn with me there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gifts of the Spirit. God is good to us <clears throat> all the time, isn't he? And because of that, He's encouraging us, he's stretching us, he's teaching us to go after, to be hungry for the things of God. And to do that, we've got to understand some things from the scripture. Is that true? Got to understand a few things. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is Paul, and he's talking to the church at Corinth. And he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols. However, you were led. And therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. Everybody say diversities. Diversities, diversities means there are different gifts in the body of Christ. That means that these gifts don't all perform the same function in and of themselves, but they do help people in their walk with the Lord. They are to point us to the Savior, to our Maker. That's the, the, the purpose of these gifts, is to edify, exhort, and encourage the body of Christ. Anybody had an encouraging word spoken over them in their lives by somebody that just spoke something into their life and it was from the Lord? Anybody? A handful? Yeah, there's, it's happened. And, th- and the Lord speaks things into our lives to be an encouragement to us, and he uses the gifts of the body. Now, this does not all flow from the pastor. This is from the body of Christ, all of us, all of us. And the Holy Spirit uh, will, will give these gifts to men and women as he wills. Does that make sense? And it's for the body of Christ. Now, these gifts that we're about to read 
are not for the individual, right? They're not for the person. You're not, you're not, you're not going to get a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge for yourself. You're going to get those for other people. Does that make sense? It's to be a blessing to other people. So let's read them. <clears throat> there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. That's verse four in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Verse five, there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's true. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues or diverse tongues. And another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, Verse 11, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills individually as he wills. Okay, so these gifts that he just laid out um, are, are specific. They're for the body of Christ. They're for us, and they're to be a blessing to others. So we're gonna talk about a few examples of how these things work, and so that you can see them, because I promise you, as a believer, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Lord has prompted you in certain areas of, this, of your life where you did not recognize it at one point or another. I've been there, and you have been there. But there are things the Lord wants us to be aware of so that we can be a blessing to others. Anybody interested in being a blessing to other people? I mean, if we're just honest, yeah, I mean, we have our own stuff, and boy, we'd sure like some of our own stuff to be going well uh, all the time, but it, it doesn't go well all the time. If you live on the planet any length of time, you know that it is, life isn't perfect all the time, right? True? But in the midst of even us dealing with stuff, and we all do, God still wants to work through you to be a blessing to other people, because there are other people that have not ever heard from God. They, they don't even know that God loves them because men and women like us have not stepped out in occasion and been a blessing to them. Let me show you a couple things. <clears throat> First of all, um, these, these category gifts, these are, nine, these are nine spiritual gifts, and they're in categories. And the first one we're going to talk about is the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are a word of wisdom, uh, a word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. So I'm gonna explain those real quick. You guys doing okay? This is a little meaty. I understand for Sunday morning. That's why I offered coffee to get you guys awake. But I want you guys to understand that the, the spiritual gifts are so important in our lives that if we'll just recognize them, you'll get to see God move in your life. It's exciting. It's exciting. I want God to move in my life. I want other people to be blessed because I was obedient to God. And it's not, it's not me who's doing the work. It's him using me to be a blessing to others. You see that? Okay. So the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom <clears throat> is, uh, is an interesting gift because it helps people understand some things. Um, the word of knowledge gives you a special insight or knowledge about a situation that you couldn't have known otherwise. And the discerning of spirits is to recognize that there is some sort of demonic, devilish activity going on. Now, don't let that freak out either because Jesus did the same thing, Right? Did Jesus cast out devils in the Bible? Okay. Did Jesus say we're supposed to do the works that he did and then greater than that? So if he's recognizing that an enemy needs to be thrown out of here, then so do we. Now, Christians cannot be possessed of the devil, right? It's impossible. The Holy Spirit cannot possess you, be in you, and the devil at the same time. Now, you can be oppressed of the devil. The enemy can be attacking your life and causing havoc, but he cannot possess you. He can't. So the Bible says that if you resist him, he will flee. 
So the only access he has to our lives is what we give him. It's true. So we've got to recognize it. And the, the Bible says that he will help us help others recognize it when they're not getting it, when they don't understand what's going on. And we'll see a couple examples. But I want to look at the word of knowledge, first of all. The word of knowledge. Jesus used the word of knowledge in John chapter four. So flip over there with me. And you guys can write these down and look these down or look these up later. But John chapter four, John chapter four, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman and Jesus from the Holy Spirit gets a word of knowledge about the Samaritan woman. Now, first of all, he's sitting at a well talking to a foreign woman. She's not Jewish, she's Samaritan. And in that culture, that was, that was no bueno, okay? So he's at the well, he's wanting something to drink. She comes out, she's drawing water and he's talking to her. And they have a little conversation about the water being that he wants to drink. And then she says, can I get you some? And he's like, well, the water that I will give you, no one will thirst again. And she's like, well, give me that water because coming out to this well and drawing water out is a pain, right? She's thinking he's talking about natural. So he's having this conversation with her and he realizes that her heart is open to the, to the word in her life. And he says to her, go get your husband. Go get your husband. Call your husband and tell him to come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said that I have no husband. For you have had five husbands and the one whom you are with now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. (laughs) There's no way he could have known that unless the Holy Spirit revealed it to him so he would have access into her life. And because of that access, she says, I perceive you are a prophet. There's something different about you that I didn't know of until right now. Now, Jesus reveals himself to her and says that I am the Christ. She says, we're looking for the Christ. And, he, and, he, and Jesus said, the Christ you speak of, it is I. That's amazing. She goes in and tells this town and the town comes out to him and he's able to preach the gospel. This is an opportunity for Jesus to know something about her that he could not have known unless the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. Now, some would say Jesus is God and he operated as God in the earth. And because he did that, that we can't, I mean, how could we possibly do what Jesus did? But Philippians says that Jesus, when he came to the earth, emptied himself of his weight and power. That means he became a man like other men and then learned to operate as a man just like we can with the Holy Spirit in us. It's the reason why he didn't do any miraculous signs until he was filled with the Holy Spirit when he's baptized. So we have to understand that, that Jesus was the template he was the, the forefather, the foreshadowing of what we were to be just like him. That's why we're called Christians, Christ-like. There's a reason. So he got a word of knowledge about her and it gained access into her life. There's a story about a, um, a guy that was sitting in a cafeteria with his wife and uh, he saw this, this guy and what was, he soon to find out was, was his wife. And this guy was like a muscle-bound uh, body lifter. And he was, with, he was with his wife and they had also gone through this cafeteria line and they were going to sit down. And just in an instant when he saw him, the Lord prompted him and showed him this picture, this, this scenario, all, all kind of all in once. You know, you can just download stuff, just, I mean, God will just give you stuff and you'll just have it in seconds. And he knew by the prompting of the Lord that he was supposed to go and relay that, what he saw to this guy. Now, if you hadn't done this before, this can be a little bit nerve wracking, right? But... I promise you, it's better to to step out in faith and miss it than to do nothing and just stay there. It's better. But he was relaying the story and he said, I knew the prompting of the Lord. So I went to this, I went to this guy and this is awkward. You're sitting in a cafeteria. Somebody comes up and he says, you know, um, 
I believe the Lord showed me something about you, and I'd like to share it with you if you're okay with that. And the guy was like, uh, sure, grab a seat. You know, he was open. And the first question he asked him was, this guy's like huge, right? Body, bodybuilder. He said, uh, have you ever lifted weights? <laughs> you know, and it was the icebreaker of, I know you lift weights, but the guy's like, yeah, I've, I've lifted a few weights. And he said, I saw this picture of you when you were a little boy and you were sitting on your grandma's lap and you had just been picked on and your grandma was praying with you and she told you the story of Samson. And she said, you can be strong like Samson. And you said, if God will make me like Samson, I will serve him. I will serve him. And the Lord showed this to this other guy and he relayed this message. And the guy looked at him with just this blank stare. You ever seen that from your kids when you tell them to do something? Okay, so this is the blank stare, right? And, and he's like, uh-oh, maybe I missed it. The guy didn't get it. And the dude, in just a few seconds, you could see his chin start to quiver and his eyes started to fill up and he looked over at his wife and his wife burst into tears. Not two minutes before that, he was relaying to his wife that exact story and how he was thinking about what would it look like to fulfill that promise? I have not done that. What do I do? How do I even, how do I even step into that? And then God sends this man who just hap- happens to be <laughs> in the same cafeteria at that moment to relay what the conversation he just had with his wife. Tell me that's not powerful. Tell me that's not an act of God stepping in and intervening into somebody's life who's hungry and ready, but just doesn't know what to do. And he was able to lead them to the Lord and encourage them and then invite them to church. And then God began to move in their lives. These are these little glimpses that people in the world do not see from other places. They don't see it. There's other religions that are growing because there are supernatural things that are happening in other religions that are not of God. Did you know that, that there are extra supernatural stuff that happens that has nothing to do with God? Because there is an enemy in the earth and he wants to deceive people and blind them and keep them bound. But we're the church. I mean, we're the, we are the best thing going for the planet, right? I mean, the spirit of God wants to break chains off of people, set at liberty the captives, man. People can go to sleep and sleep at night. And so there's opportunities for us for these type of things if we're open to them. And I'm telling you, the second you get hungry for this and you're open to it, even if it freaks you out, say, God, I want to be used by you. I mean, in just a few seconds, we're going to be out of here in heaven. And I do not want to regret for a second that I didn't step out into what you'd called me to do. Because we have time. We have time. It's short. but We have time to walk in the fullness of what God has called us to do. We have time. But we've got to start. We've got to be hungry for it. So there's opportunities for us to do that very thing. Is that true? Good, good. So a word of knowledge can come in all kinds of ways. That's one of them. Word of knowledge would be something where you have knowledge of a situation by the Spirit of God that you could not have known otherwise. Now, sometimes the Lord will give you this so that you can pray for other people. I've I've been woken up in the middle of the night. Sometimes it was uh, food-related, right? But sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, okay, I'm up for a reason and the Spirit of God is prompting me to pray. And I've prayed. And you can pray. You can pray in the Spirit. You can pray whatever the Lord gives you in, in your native tongue, English, whatever that is, and pray out some things. But uh, several times I've been woken up in the middle of the night. And I do not wake up in the middle of the night. I mean, I thank the Lord. I'm a good sleeper. Amen? And you can be a good sleeper too. Because the, the, I'm telling you, the enemy will try to wake you up in the middle of the night too. 
and he wants to get you hooked on what's that favorite one? Ambien and all kinds of, he wants to get you hooked on that stuff so that you rely on it. The Lord wants you to have sweet, peaceful sleep so that when you do wake up, you go, okay, Lord, why am I up? Amen. I've been woken up in the middle of the night and prayed and just prayed, prayed for 45 minutes or an hour, got a note of victory on the inside. Like, yep, I accomplished what he asked me to do. Went back to bed, slept great. As if I didn't even miss the hour. It's awesome. And you can have this, you can have these same experiences too. And this is God trying to gain access into our lives so we can be a blessing to somebody else. You got that? Okay, so a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is where you have uh, understanding about something or a decision that needs to be made in the future. Word of wisdom. It's so that you can make decisions. Having wisdom is a good thing, amen? It keeps you out of trouble, keeps you making bad decisions, helps you to be wise in your relationships, in your words, in your finances, True, a word of wisdom. So God wants to give you a word of wisdom for other people. Now, God will give you wisdom for your stuff. And that's separate from a gift of the word of wisdom. That's separate because the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives richly, right? And liberally to all men, all of us, all mankind. So if you need wisdom, God will give you wisdom for your situation, but he will also give you a word of wisdom for somebody else, right? And they, they need to know something and they're not getting it because you haven't told it to them yet. Now we said this last week, there are things in your life that you are supposed to have. There are spiritual attributes, understanding and revelation you are supposed to have in your life that you will not get until you commit to be connected to who God has called you to be connected to. They come through other people. God will not do it any other way no matter how much you pray and cry and squall about it. He said, you need to be connected to them. That's gonna be your source for this area of your life. I'm telling you, this is just Bible. This happened in the Gospels. It happened in Acts. It happened in the Epistles. Timothy had to be connected to Paul before he was ever the pastor of the church of Ephesus. Silas was hanging around when Paul and Barnabas had a rift and they split. Silas just happened to be there because on the inside, he knew it, was, it seemed good to him to stay. And then guess who the Bible follows? Paul and Silas, right? So there's, there's people that you have to be connected to to fulfill your destiny and your call. I believe being called to this church is one of those things. If you're called to be here and to serve, then you're, you're here and this is your connection. This is where you're to be fed and filled and this is, this is gonna have, it's gonna shift the course of your life for the better. It's part, of, it's part of it. And wherever you're called, you're supposed to stay connected, be committed, be plugged in, amen? So a word of wisdom is a special um, a special gifting of the Lord to give you. And Jesus had this when he was uh, caught, when the woman with adultery was caught and brought to him, right? He was having a meeting. He was teaching the word. And guess what? The religious folks caught a woman in adultery. Notice how only the woman was caught, right? By herself. I don't even know that's possible. Caught the woman in adultery, let the guy go, brought her to Jesus. Now they thought they were gonna trap him, right? Because the law said that she should be stoned. And they said, Jesus, what do you say? Because if he says forgive her, then he's in violation of the law. And if he says stoner, then they're like, see, you said you're a man of love and now you're condemning, right? They think they've got him. But Jesus knew to not speak until he heard from the Lord, until he heard from the Holy Spirit. True? So what did he do? He knelt down and he was drawn in the ground, just waiting. There's pressure. There's pressure on him to say something, right? He's been asked a question. What about it, preacher? What do you say? We need an answer. Anybody ever had pressure? Make a decision? Got to decide right now. Come on, come on. Anybody ever? Just me, yeah. There's pressure. The Holy Spirit will not pressure you. 
He is a gentleman. True? He'll just, he'll just encourage you. He'll, he'll set it in there and say, I think this is what you need to do right here. Just do this. But he will not pressure you. So Jesus just waited. And then Jesus got it. He got it. He got the word of wisdom. And instead of answering, he asked a question. You know, you can get a long way by asking questions. <laughs> Without just giving an answer, ask some questions. Boy, you figure that out when you're talking to people. You can get a lot out of folks by just asking some questions. Jesus said, you know, he said, um, in, in this statement, it's definitely a question. In this statement, he says, he who is out the sin cast the first stone. He's asking them, Who's without sin here that you, have, you are justified to throw this stone? That's all he said. He who's without sin cast the first stone. And they're like, man, I thought we had him. And the Bible says that from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and they walked away because they knew they could not answer that question by action without condemning themselves. That's called a word of wisdom. It's something you know to do that you couldn't have known otherwise. It's a gift and it's to be a blessing to others. He spoke that into their lives. Who was benefited by that? The woman caught in the act of adultery, right? And he said, where are your condemners? And she said, they're, they're gone, Lord. He said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more, right? So you have, op- you have opportunities like this. As a believer, the Bible says, these signs will follow them that believe. They will follow you. True? But we've got we've to look for them and use them and be willing to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. You guys doing okay? <laughs> the next one in these uh, revelation gifts is the discerning of spirits. Now, what this does not say is it does not say a gift of discernment. It says the discerning of spirits. I've heard this a lot as a Christian and as a pastor. I have the gift of discernment. That is not a gift in the spiritual gifts. This, the, usually when people say I have the gift of discernment means that uh, I can be... Um, critical, and I can be a little bit judgmental. <laughs> it's usually the gift of discernment. As I'm discerning that they are way off and they aren't serving the Lord, that is not a gift from the Holy Spirit. Gift of discern, the discerning, discerning of spirits is that you're recognizing that there's more going on than just knotheadedness in this person, right? Anybody ever met a knothead? A rascal. I like to call them rascals, right? They just, they keep messing up their own selves over and over again by poor decisions, Right? I've been there, you've been there, we all know that crazy uncle, right? Okay, so the discerning of spirits means that there's more than just going on of people making a bad decision. Now, I've prayed for people before uh, for healing, and while I was praying, the Lord prompted me to speak to a spirit of infirmity. That means that there was more going on than just sickness in the body. There was demonic influence causing problems in their body. And unless you address that, it will continue on. Does that make sense? Jesus addressed it. He didn't do it all the time. He prayed for people and saw them get healed, but he didn't cast the devil out of every single person that had a limp or a hangnail, right? He didn't do it because it wasn't there. It wasn't present, but it was present on occasion. And that spirit of infirmity, when it left, they were healed, right? And so we can recognize this. I'm telling you, uh, it's something to be desired. Paul said, desire the spiritual gifts because they are a blessing to other people. And I've prayed for people where they, the Lord prompted me, you need to speak to that spirit of infirmity. It's important that we do we recognize it and speak to it and cast it out because the devil has to leave when you talk to him. He has to. The Bible says we have been given the authority that Jesus took back from death, hell, and the grave. He gave it to the church so that we could do the works of Jesus right up until the day he comes. So we have authority to speak into those things. 
True? And you want, to, you want to be listening to the Spirit of God because you just walking around, just, hey, I'm casting out, and I'm giving, you got to hear from the Lord, right? You don't get just to just do it willy-nilly whenever you want. The Bible says that he distributes to each one as he wills. That means you can operate in different functions of these gifts. You can have different gifts in operation in your life, but the Holy Spirit will prompt you. So what I want to encourage you today, and this is stirred up in me this week, what I want to encourage you today is just be open for it. That's the first step. Just say, okay, Lord, it's in your word. We saw it. I'm open. Show me what you want me to do. Show me what it looks like. And that can be a scary prayer. Anybody ever prayed a scary prayer? <laughs> Lord, do with me whatever you will, no matter what. Like, but don't send me to Africa, right? <laughs> or whatever, right? Just pick, pick whatever, you know. And when we pray a prayer like that, do we really mean it? Well, I would like to think we do. But we've got to be willing to say, Lord, Lord do in me as you please. Now, God, God has called you to wherever you're at. That's beautiful, right? Where you, where you were born, where you are working, where you are thriving, you've got to understand God has gotten you to a place. But understand this too, that you may not be in the same place forever. He may call you into another area, but while you're called where you're at, serve him the best you can. Do everything you're supposed to do, accomplish your assignment, and then when it's time to move on, if it ever is, sometimes we live in the same place our whole lives. That's okay. Happens all the time. Some folks get moved around, transferred with jobs. God will use you right where you're at. Trust that he can work in your life and to other people, no matter where you are. Trust him. We gotta be willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm open. Just start looking for it, amen? Just start looking for it. I'm telling you, you'll, you will be shocked at the stuff that'll come up in your spirit. You're like, now what is that? Why did that thought come up? Stop and think, Lord, is this from you? Or is this just active imagination? And he will tell you. He will prompt you. Why else would you be prompted to go speak to someone or pray for someone? The devil will not wake you up in the middle of the night to pray for people. It's not gonna happen. He is not gonna prompt you to go over to talk to somebody about Jesus, ever. So if you get an impression to do that, you do not have to wonder any longer whether it was God or the devil. If you're getting prompted to speak to someone, step out in faith and do it. Trust he will meet you right where you're at. You have no idea. I made that kind of in a jokingly in a joking statement um, last week about the cucumber. Right? If God tells you to go in the grocery store and buy a cucumber, buy the cucumber. Don't ask all the questions. Get one cucumber. I don't need a cucumber. I don't like cucumbers. Why would I buy a cucumber? Just buy one. Because we said last week, he's got somebody outside sitting in the car, ready and and able. Right? Is just just pulled up and said, Lord. This is it. Like, I'm ending it all unless for some reason somebody walks out of that store and gives me a cucumber. People do this. People lay out fleeces all the time. Now, I don't recommend spirit-filled, spirit-led people lay out fleeces. Lord, if you'll, if you'll just give me a sign and make three red trucks drive by, I'll know it's you. The enemy can make three red trucks drive by too. He works in the natural realm. But there are people that don't know any better that God is trying to get to desperately that are ready and willing to just quit it all. And if you'll do something simple, like buy a cucumber, say, I don't know why I bought this, but this is for you. That's your door. It's a silly illustration, but it can happen. It can happen. Lord wants to use us and be a blessing to us. <clears throat> you guys doing okay? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> In the... 
in the discerning of spirits in Acts chapter 16, Paul um, is preaching. Paul is preaching the gospel. And this girl who is, the Bible says uh, she's a diviner, meaning she, is, she has a demonic spirit in her and she fortune tells and she makes her masters, the guys that own her, a ton of money. And she's following them around with possessed of the devil and she is saying, these men are from the most high God. They preach the word, you know, they are here to help. They, she's, she's just declaring all these things that are true about them. And Paul let it go. She followed him around while they're preaching in, in this town. Followed around, or she followed him around. And Paul let it go for like three days. And then finally, the Bible says that Paul was greatly annoyed, turned to her and said to her, come out in Jesus' name. And he was speaking to the spirit. And the, and the devil left her. And it was so apparent that the guys that used her gift to make money raised an uproar and drug these guys into the magistrates and had them thrown in jail and beaten because they had just lost all their, all their profits because of this gal. And what the point is making is that what she was saying was not wrong. They were servants of the Most High. They were there to deliver a message of hope, but it was of a wrong spirit. And Paul got a, a discerning of spirits about it and cast, her, cast the devil out of her. And then she was free. She was free. That's good news, right? That's good news. But it required knowing what to do. And for three days, Paul just let it go on. But on the third day, the Bible says he was annoyed and he knew because he spoke to the Spirit and said, come out of her. So at some point, the Holy Spirit gave him an impression that you need to deal with this. And it cost him. It cost him. It was not a fun situation after that. They were in jail and prison, but guess what? After they were in prison, the Philippian jailer, when the Lord opened the prison doors and they were escaped, the Philippian jailer and all his house were born again because of that. That's, that's worth it to God. It's worth it to us too, amen? I would take a little bit of persecution. More, more than likely, we are not gonna get beaten with rods and thrown in prison for following a prompting of the Lord. True? True? So, what, I mean, what can they do? What could possibly go wrong other than maybe a little bit of uncomfortable and a little bit of embarrassment on our flesh? But the opportunity to speak into somebody's life and see their lives changed, man, that is totally worth it. True? Thank you, Lord. It's true to me. <clears throat> Paul got uh, another one of these in these revelation gifts. Paul got a word of wisdom when he was on the ship. And they had actually sailed from one location to another island in good weather. But because of what was going on on the island and the ship's officers and the crew, they, were, they had taken a long time to get ready for the rest of the journey. They were dragging their feet, right? And, and because of that, the weather changed. Now, let me just interject real quick right here. Dragging your feet and procrastinating can cost you and put you into storms of life you should never have been in. Never, right? And I'm not just talking about being punctual because... Lord, help me. I need to work on being punctual, right? But I'm talking about times of life where you are prompted to do something and you wait and you wait. And God's saying, you need to talk to them. You need to do something about this. You need to get this fixed. You need to organize this. It needs to be done. And when we procrastinate and we wait, it actually keeps us out of flowing in this flow with the Lord where the weather's good, and what happened was, is these guys delayed and they waited and they, and they fiddled around and they'd wasted all this time. And then they were finally ready to go. And Paul's like, guys, I think we should wait. I don't think we should go. I'm uh, something. He said, I perceive, I perceive 
that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. The Holy Spirit is revealing something to Paul, telling him there's something coming and you need to wait. And he did his best to tell them we need to wait. Now, Paul did not own the ship. If, if Paul had the ability to and wanted to at that moment, he would have owned the ship, but he didn't. He was traveling commercial, right? And it was not his decision. He, he gave them the wisdom, right? But it was up to them to decide whether or not that was, they were gonna heed it, listen to it, follow God, stay. They would have been totally fine just waiting out winter. Would have spent three or four more months. The weather changed. They could have made the rest of their journey. But they said, no, nope, the, weather, the weather looks good. The wind shifted just for a day. We're out of here. We're, we're taking it. And sure enough, they got away from land. And what happened? Ship got driven by a storm. And they were days, weeks without hope. And Paul heard from the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, they didn't listen to you. I tried to warn them, but I'm gonna save them. All their lives because of you, but you're gonna lose the ship, the cargo, everything's gonna be gone, but no one will die. That was the mercy of God, amen? And that was supposed to be encouraging to the, to the men that heard it because he said, I believe it'll be just as God told me. This is a word of wisdom. This is something that came up that wasn't just affecting uh, Paul, but it was affecting everybody around him and his journey. And I'm telling you, God wants to speak into your lives to help you with your work, with your family, people in your job, the direction of your company, the direction of your business. I mean, he will speak things into your life to help everybody around you. And when they come up, guess what? It's a blessing. We can say that was the Lord. That was the Lord. He helped us. He brought us to this place. So <clears throat> there are, there are uh, two other categories of gifts that we're not gonna get into today. Everybody say amen. Um, the revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. These are revelation. These are things that come up that you could not have known otherwise unless the spirit of God gave it to you. And these are super helpful, super helpful for the body of Christ. But the other ones are the power gifts, which is the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. And then the speaking gifts, um, which are prophecy, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, <clears throat> we, we uh, dabbled in that just a little bit where we talked about uh, the speaking gifts. And um, prophecy, the Bible says, prophecy is a, is a hugely important gift because it's always an encouragement to other people. And we're gonna get into that just a little bit um, as we go forward in this series. But uh, these, these gifts are meant for the body of Christ. And if we as believers don't go to the word and see them and hunger for them, they will not have an impact in our lives or in the lives of others because it's for those that hunger. Jesus said those that hunger and thirst, they will be filled. And I, I've been challenged this week to hunger more. I wanna see more of these things in my life. And if you're honest with yourself and you check in your heart, I believe you do too. I believe you wanna see the power of God because religion is full in this world. I mean, people that just gather and get together and follow a set guidelines and rules and morality, it's, it's, all, it's prevalent. It's throughout our world. But Christianity, who follows the Lord Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in the earth living inside of us, is supposed to be different. It's supposed to be the lighthouse and the beacon that draws men and women to Jesus. And over and over again, we see in the scriptures where people just, they're so bogged down, they're so captive by what's uh, taken them that they can't even hear the gospel. And we're trying to preach to them that they can go to heaven and have eternity with the Lord Jesus, when in reality, the stuff in their bodies, the stuff in their lives are screaming so loud 
that it's, they can't hear the gospel. And there are times when you will preach and people will be like, man, I hear what you're saying, but I don't feel good at all. And you wouldn't believe what's going on in this mess, in this mess. And God wants to intervene in their lives using you to be a blessing to them. Because tell you, you, when you have a miracle like that in your life, you are wide open to hearing what the person has to say. Wide open. When somebody speaks in your life and they could not have known what, what they just told you, and it's, it's encouraging and it's a blessing, you're like, okay, that, that has to be from God. What else do you have to say? Amen? And so we see this in these power gifts with the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. This is not just for super spiritual people. This is for every man, woman, and child that calls Jesus their Lord. Every one of us. And if we're waiting to be or feel like we deserve it or that we're spiritually mature or that we're holy somehow by some religious duty, we will never step out into the things of God because God wants to fill us to the full. I've heard people say, God won't fill a dirty vessel. He's got to make it. Well, I'm telling you, all of us are dealing with stuff, right? And he has made us right in Christ. He's made us right. That means he wants to fill us to the full and use us right where we're at. Even when we're dealing with our own stuff, he can still use you. Don't wait to get clean before you come to the Lord. We tell people that. Like, I can't come to church. I might burst into flames when I walk in the door. I have never seen that happen. I've heard lots of people say it, but I've never seen it happen. And God, he he specializes in cleaning up the dirty cups and the vessels and making them fit and useful for his work. Specializes in it. So we're called to that, right? Everybody say that with me. I'm called to that. When you start thinking this way and believing this way, you give access to the Lord to your life and you can shut the Holy Spirit out of your life and you can give him access. You are the gatekeeper. It is true. It is absolutely true. He will not force you to do anything. But boy, when you open the door, he'll be like, okay, now we got something. Now we got something to work with. Let's go get them. Amen? Anybody want that in your life? Man, I want to see people's lives changed all around me for his glory, right? That doesn't mean you walk into places and just be like, okay, listen up. (laughs) I mean, if God told you to do that, then you better do it. But most of the time, he will direct you to people and you'll have one-on-one conversations and that will open up a door to their family. Like the Philippian jailer, right? He had a conversation with one jailer and he said, man, I need to know how to be saved. You come to my house. And the whole house got saved. Man, we're we're in the shortest time we've ever been in before Jesus comes back. And he needs men and women that will just say, okay, God, just use me. Whatever, you, whatever it is, use me. And he'll begin to show you exactly what that looks like. So I'm encouraging you and I'm encouraging myself, yield to him and look for opportunities to yield to him because it is so easy to get caught up. If you don't know this about me, I work full-time as a contractor during the week. And I'm telling you, that is a full-time job. And, and pastoring is a full-time job. It is, it is my joy and my privilege to do both. But you can get so busy. Anybody figure that out? You can get so busy with the kids and the house and the work and the stuff that you just forget that the Spirit of God is in you and he's just waiting. Okay, here's a chance. Here's an opportunity. Just open your heart. I got somebody I need you to talk to. I I brought you across their path. Just be willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm taking the kids to McDonald's because I didn't have time to cook, (laughs) right? Wherever you're going. But when we're there, I'm open. If there's somebody you need me to talk to, I'm open. Don't let that freak you out. Let it be exciting to you because God wants to do stuff in your life for them. And don't judge it by what what happens in the circumstance. Sometimes you will see an immediate and get an immediate response and reaction from them where that was like, that was exactly right on. That's exactly what I needed to hear. I've given words to people where they have just said, hmm, okay, 
And that was it. That's all I got. Hmm, okay. <laughs> I'm like, well, Lord, and then you just got to trust. You've got to trust that you said the right thing and that it is burning on the inside of them till they just can't handle it anymore. Okay, Lord, I'm ready, right? So just be willing, amen? Are you willing? Do I have some willing folks to follow the Lord? I don't want to live an average Christian life. I want to live a supernatural, abundant Christian life where people see Jesus in me. And he wants to, Jesus wants to be seen through you too. Amen? Okay. Let's, let's do this. I'm just going to take a minute. Um, we're almost done. I just want to take a minute, 60 seconds. We're going to have this kind of a weird, awkward silence, right? I'm just going to call it out. It's going to be awkward silence. But I want to be quiet just for a minute, just, just for, so you can close your eyes and focus and think, put out all the distractions. This is what I do when I'm trying to hear from the Lord. Mentally, I just picture myself like the Bible says, we can come boldly into the throne of grace and obtain help and find mercy in a time of need. Remember that scripture? We can come to the throne of grace. So I just picture myself just coming before the throne of grace where my father is ready, willing, and able to receive me, to hear from me, and to speak into my life. So I'm gonna take a minute where we're just quiet, literally a minute, 60 seconds, right? And just be quiet and listen and let God speak to you in your heart and so that you can prove, <laughs> he wants to prove to you that he wants to speak something into your heart. It may be a phrase, it may be a picture, it may be just one word, but I believe God wants to speak to us if we'll just give him the moment and say, okay, Lord, what do you want to say to me? What is it that you want to prompt or impress in me? It may, be, it may be a person's name. You may see a relative or a friend. I don't know. Lord's going to impress something on your heart because I believe he asked me to do this just so that we can have a taste and experience with the Lord where he wants to speak something into your life. So can we do that just for a minute? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'll tell you what I saw. The Lord showed me a a mountain range and the sun was coming up and it wasn't just an ordinary sun. It was like the glory of God coming up over the horizon. And as it crested over this mountain, the valley below where there was just tons of uh, civilization, people, buildings, houses, the light began to spill just like it does when it comes over a mountain. And the light just began to drive out all the darkness, not just, uh, not just shadows, like every shadow all of it, like it was so bright that there was not a shadow. And it was just impressed in my heart that the Lord is uh, dawning a new day in our lives in this church where the light's gonna shine so bright that nothing can be hidden from his sight and that all things will be exposed for his glory and that people will come to the light because of the brightness and the glory of it. And so just something like that, just a, a simple impression of the Lord where he can reveal things to you Man, it's encouraging to me to see God moving in our lives and seeing the light of the gospel shining into this community, into our lives. Because I'm telling you, darkness has to flee at the light. So I believe God spoke something to you. Whatever that is, God will reveal it to you, show you what it means, pray for somebody, something that was encouraging to you. But just like that, take times where you can sit, be quiet, listen, let him speak to you. And as you get good at hearing that and recognizing it, he'll do it when you're out and about. He'll just, he'll catch you almost kind of off guard sometimes because you've learned to listen and you'll be driving and be like, oh, I need to pray for them and just pray. Or I need to talk to them or I need to give them some money or I need to call so-and-so. I've had that happen more than once. You need to call them. You need to call them. And I'll just call, call a friend, say, hey, I just felt prompted I should call you. What's going on? Something was going on. We got to pray. Like God did business. And that's, that's good news. And people need that. They need to know that God cares about them and is thinking about them.